Hello, Innovation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 94. In this episode, we have Pierre Parafel joining us. Uh, Pierre has been an animator over at DreamWorks for about 15 years. He is animated, uh, lead animator, supervising animator, and has now been a director on an amazing film. Um, if you've not seen this, you're definitely missing out. You'll want to check it out. Um, so it was a really neat opportunity to get Pierre in on this podcast. Um, extremely enthusiastic about uh, this field, and it was just neat to be able to pick his brain in regards to how he's transitioned from all those different aspects. Uh, he's been a storyboard artist, a character designer. Um, so yeah, just a really neat opportunity to get Pierre in on this podcast. Check it out. I was hoping to be able to catch you. I wasn't sure. I know you guys get busy, so... You yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have yeah. to bail on me. I was like, I get it. No, man. no, I get it. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Are you kidding? Kidding. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I know you've done probably plenty of uh, interviews and things of that nature. You've been one of our instructors here before, so I think you kind of know a little bit who we are and stuff. And um, of course, but uh, I, I really appreciate you joining us on this podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, totally. I'm very excited about it. Yes, yes. And Ed, congratulations on the film. Um, I think it's uh, anytime you get to be a part of something like this. Um, is really unique, but the fact that you're able to be a director on it, I think is just phenomenal. So yeah, very, very cool. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. I really liked the film. It was a ton of fun. I took um, my four youngest, uh, they loved it, or actually my, sorry, three uh, of my youngest ones, and they absolutely loved it. And so uh, very fun style. Um, I loved, loved to push shapes and the mouth shapes and things of that nature. So I'd love to get into some of that. Um, sure. But uh, I'd love to hear how you got into animation. Um, I know you're French, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So how did how did you get into animation? I know that obviously has a big artistic background over there, and so probably exposed to it at a younger age. Or how did that come about? Yeah, that's a good that's a good story. Actually, um, I mean, good story, not necessarily a good story, but at least it's a. Uh, a unique one I, I i you know i think i've been drawing i was attracted to drawing since i was really a kid right um but never thought much about it you know it was it was the kind of stuff where i never did take any lesson it was more like you know you're you're, you're the kid in class that can draw and then you know your friends you just do it huh? yeah you just do it <laughs> <laughs> and um and when I'm when I'm in high school, you know, I think I'm at that point kind of dedicated to be uh, to do something in in, in sports, you know, and love sports, and and I wanted to be a physical therapist or something like that. Gotcha. And so I'm I'm literally I'm, I'm really going into you know scientific kind of a track, let's say. And then uh, in the school that I'm in, there is that you know art section. Uh, and a friend of mine were playing badminton together for some reason. He's <laughs> like, you should come and check it out. And so I go there and and I see, you know, people from the school with, you know, just paint stains on their clothes and just, you know, like brushes in the hair and just locker rooms and like just the rooms are like whatever to be painting and design and whatnot. And so I'm like, wow, that's quite fun actually. And so I kind of investigate a bit more you know uh, get to see you know what's the kind of lessons they do over there and then i'm like i tell my mom mom i think i want to double my year and just change change track you know she's like come again 
kick, 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 and you repeat that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just don't want to be, you don't want to be a physical therapist anymore, like a doctor or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't, I think I <laughs> that. And so, so I doubled that year. And then I do two years of like 11th and 12th grade of that, uh, of that section, you know, of that, you know, track in curriculum. And, uh, but, but it's really just tuned towards uh, actually, you know, commercial designs or graphic design and uh-huh. stuff like that. And at this point, I'm like, just big fan of, you know, concept cars and the, the, the car designers and the, you know, industrial design and stuff. So uh, it's kind of where I'm heading, you know, and so, and because I had doubled my year and it was like a, like the, the, uh, Gen, Gen Ed, G, yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. the GE are like, I've done it once and at an even more, you know, advanced level. So it's super easy for me. So I just have to focus on the outside of things, you know, art history. And, and this is such an interesting thing for me. It's new. So I'm like, just full on. So just, just graduate with, you know, very, very, very um, good, you know, um, track record in this one. And so, and, and I'm able to access all the design schools that I want, all the public school. Uh, but before doing that, just before I finished my 12th grade, 12th grade, I kind of, there is that documentary in France that, you know, talks about DreamWorks and, and the French people and Gobelin and the French, the French people that have done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, you know, my my parents turn on the TV, it's on TV, and then they stop watching. And I'm like, <laughs> um, hang on, what is this? <laughs> that seems fun. And it really is, you know, the, you know, the, the, Christoph Theron and James Baxter and all these guys are on TV and 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 they explain that they are just making you know they're just bringing life to characters on paper and, uh-huh. and you see the line test and I'm like what the what people just <laughs> do that for leaving and by this point I'm at 18 years something like that and next thing you know I tell my parents I think that's what I really want to do so we because because you know I wanted to design but so there is all these open houses uh, for the schools in Paris uh that weekend a weekend and and we are we're supposed to go there so i can just kind of select the school that i want to go to for design and the same weekend is the open open doors of uh open house for goblin uh-huh and i tell my parents okay we're going to do all the designs but i want to finish with goblin and just see what you know see what it is you know because i'm really intrigued with what that is and we do all of the open schools great schools and open houses and and and, and arrive at goblin everything is a faded memory before the goal. <laughs> <laughs> I arrived there and I make all the students out there just sketching little characters, doing movies, line tests, having a blast. I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. So that's where that music comes in and goes, oh, oh and then a, everything else. Literally, yeah. Literally that. It's just like <laughs> the God Ray, you know, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> and so from then on, it was like, okay, I want to do that. It, it, it was not about coming here in the US. At the time, it was just really the magic of seeing characters move. And coincidentally, at the same time was uh, the 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 release of Tarzan. It was the year Tarzan got out. And as you know, you know, Glenn Keane was in France for the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a big deal because it was a Disney, you know, Disney studio, but hosting one of the greatest animator, you know. And so they kind of did a promotion, a promotion tour around this. And then you could see the theaters, they would do promotion of Glenn's line tests of Tarzan on the tree, you know, sk- uh, skating and everything. And it was like, wow you know same thing just it comforted uh-huh. me in the idea of going there and so 
but I was not. So I was taking in all these designs. School, but I didn't have the the, the, the the draftsmanship to actually pretend, you know, to do this job yet. And so I tell my parents I want to, uh, I want to do a completely different school, which is a Emil Cole, which is a you know very, you know, kind of traditional type of drawing school, which just trains you to be, to be a really uh, full fledged kind of a. Uh, uh, artist, you know, draftsman, and and really learn all the techniques, you know, perspective and anatomy, and 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 life drawing, and and painting, and all of that, and then illustration, and then animation also. And so I went to Emilco uh, for, for for three or four years, and then after that, I did the the entrance exam for Gobelin, got taken, uh, and then did three years of Gobelin, uh, and. And yeah, and, and did up, you know, learning animation there. And um, and then at the end of Goblin, we, we did a movie, a thesis movie. Uh, actually, we did a couple, but the last one was kind of uh, really fun. I was super, 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 super fun to work on it and was super proud of the film itself. And then, but that movie kind of got seen around here also in the US and uh, because it was mixing 2D and 3D in a clever way. Um, and, Which one was uh, that one? It's called The Building. Okay. And it's from 2005. You check it out. Okay. Um, uh, and and uh, and so DreamWorks kind of, you know, calls a couple of us. You know, a friend of mine who was Olivier who was on the movie with me, and then myself. And they, the studio, kind of offers us uh, to come over here. Um, but at the time, I, you know, I was gonna have a baby, and then my, you know, and I really wanted to do traditional animation. By this point, the studio had already kind of moved to CG and I didn't want to I really wanted to animate like Glenn Keane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't, right? Uh and so um now so how much of two D or three D was that uh and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably hack on how you say it because I would say Goblin, but Goblin, yeah yeah Goblin. Um how much two D and three D were happening there as far as the school? So at the time and it may have changed but I'm not actually sure. So at the time the school was three years, right? So it was exclusively 2D. Okay. Uh, but the last year you could choose a, a year where you do your movie in 2D animation by yourself or you do uh, training in CG animation, uh, which is I, which is what I ended up doing, training in CG animation. But literally was within that same year, you also needed to make a movie for Annecy. Gotcha. Um, and so we ended up doing like maybe three months of Maya training and that's about okay. it. So not not far from being enough, you know, yeah. but at least it was an exposure to the software. Right. I only ask because uh, I go, you were probably still very heavily in the 2D then, you know, having seen Glenn Keane, having been studied at the previous school before Goblin, and then now at Goblin, you're still, still doing 2D. 2D. So yeah. yeah, everything else, that's where your and mind I, is at. It's my mind. Oh yeah, exactly. gotcha. And my mind was, I want to be a great 2D animator, you know, I want to be, I want to be doing what James Baxter does. Kind of uh, <laughs> and, uh, and obviously, that never happened, but <laughs> because because not many people can do it. But um, <laughs> but at least that was the goal, you know. Um, and so I ended up just doing a lot of studio animation in France on different projects. Um, and a few years later, maybe two three years later, uh, take vacation in 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 California, and uh, I ended up visiting DreamWorks, and their offer still stands at this point. And they're like, you know, still want to come. You know, we'd love to have you here. And I'm like, okay. So I got my daughter, she's barely two. 
uh, and my wife, we're here, and then uh, I tell her this this is what's going on. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> California, get- I, mean, I don't know where you're from in uh, uh, France. Yeah. There, I actually had a podcast with uh, Alexis Winneroy not too long ago, and he was talking uh-huh. about some certain parts. I think where they're at in their studio. He said it's absolutely beautiful. So I, I, I've never been to France, so I'm sure there's some very, very pretty places. But I go when you come to California, and particularly that campus there at DreamWorks, that's uh, beautiful. That's yeah, it's beautiful. But I think it was everything. I think for for us at, the, at that point was more. I mean, for me it was, you know, oh, I've done enough 2D now because I'm a good animator. What if I expand and just learn CG? You know, and then and then and then get to work with the people that I saw in that documentary. But also that are a lot of them were actually from Goblin because that documentary was about, you know, the relationship between the studio and the school. Uh, and um, and get to work with them because they are my heroes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was one thing, and but the second thing was also just the expat experience, you know. And so the idea was, okay, we're gonna go there, just stay two, three years, and then have an expat experience, and then go back. And it's been fifteen years. And so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, oh, I yeah, did but, see on your, I think it was your IMDb. So, and again, I, I know these are pretty accurate, but you can correct me, but I, I saw that you got to uh, animate on The Illusionist. Yes, actually. That's yeah. so cool. And again, yeah, that's so one cool. I have not seen in ages, um, but I remember it. And I, I really enjoyed it. And so I saw that one up on there. I'm like, that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's one of the ones you got to animate over there at- uh, Over in front, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. It was, pro- it, it was I think, the last thing that I did before- yeah, before leaving here, uh, before coming here, uh, and I did some. I needed. I did some character design as well in this. Okay, um, but it was incredibly difficult. But the, the 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 studio that was in Paris was not the main studio. Uh, the main studio was in Edinburgh, Edinburgh in uh, Scotland. Okay, with Sylvain uh, Sylvain Chaumet, the director, and and his team of supervising animators. And the, so the main characters were animated there. We were really taking care of all the background characters, uh, and it was super realistic type of animation, realistic kind of design. And uh, the idea was to—I I don't know if we were kind of what we were thinking at the time. If it was—I can't remember if it was a mandate from the production or if it was just us being stupid. But it was—we did decided not to use live action reference, so it was all kind of realistic without reference it's so hard, <laughs> so hard you know to do um but but it was a, an incredible learning learning moment as well because <laughs> you have to really refine your drawing and just be able to really be great at drawing realistic figures and, and realistic motion and and uh yeah no it was, it was a good time amazing team on this show for sure very cool yeah neat project uh, i'm sure no doubt to have worked on so yeah very yeah. cool so now, um, how much, you obviously had a, a lot of 2D, um, and you can obviously animate, but how much 3D did, had you had when you came over to, uh, to DreamWorks? They said, obviously, the, the offer still stands, um, but they're yeah. they moved into 3D now, so. Yeah, it, it, but they, they really hired me based on uh, a reel that was entirely 2D. Okay. Uh, and uh, I don't know if they would do that now anymore, but. But really took a took a kind of a little bit of a gamble. It was like, can we teach you CG? And then because I think they were, you know, they were they, they loved the my universe or my 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 sensibility or whatever. Um, and so yeah, there was no knowledge whatsoever of CG at this point. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, there's three months at Gobla, which kind of 
gave me an understanding of how CG works, which is basically, you know, you have a timeline and you have keys and then puppets and yeah. I mean, CG puppets and, and, and that's about it, you know? And so I arrived here and the thing is the software we had at DreamWorks at the time, which is very old software, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and, um, that was emo, as, right? He was emo. Yeah. Emo. Yeah. And then you are, I arrive and like, how, oh, like, hang on, like, look like a, uh, <laughs> like a bit of an so Excel slow. spreadsheet. Yeah, a little bit of that, and then and then you also have just a, you know, it's 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 not as fluid. It's far from being intuitive, of course. Um, and and then on top of that, for me as a French guy who speaks English but not great English, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the um, all the face expressions, all the face controls are listed with. Uh, it's words, you know, it's like pucker and flare and oh, frown and, gotcha. and that book, I don't know. I have no clue. So I'm like constantly figuring out, hang on, what's going on? I know that. Um, I'm constantly trying to figure out um, what, the what each word means. <laughs> 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 so I'm battling with my own language and, <laughs> and knowledge of English and the software. And and also CG CG to me was very interesting because it took me a little bit of time to adjust to reading CG as opposed to a line test or pencil okay. test. Um, just you know, it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, uh, obviously, you know, the same look because it's like it's a line on white paper as opposed to a kind of a grayed grayed out kind of renders of, right. of shapes and uh, and and volumes. And reading the spacing, reading the that was that was kind of a learning curve for me. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so do a bit of training. I mean, interestingly enough, the first thing I work on when I arrive here is a two D movie. Uh, it's a two D short film based on the Panda franchise, uh, and so, and I was ecstatic. It was like which one was that one? It was called uh, um, Kufu Panda: The Secrets of the Furious Five. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's the first thing I do, and I'm like. Oh, okay. That's cool. I can I can do that. And, yeah, because uh, I know how to do that. And 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 I got to work with William and Rodolf and uh, James Lubit and and, and 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 Jacob and Fabio and all these guys in two D and just being able to just kind of clean their brain and ask nice. them some tricks and, and it was amazing. Uh, but yeah, going going back to to CG, so I started learning CG and just like and we have like DreamWorks is so well organized because they have a whole you know training training you know, department that kind of teaches you the software and and then you are being mentored by those amazing animators. But the first uh, CG movie I, I, I work on is Monsters vs. Aliens and I kind of catch the last few months of okay. production. And, and I arrived, the first time I arrived in the dailies room, it's at the time we were still doing it in the big theater at the studio. Uh -huh. we, we've, we stopped doing that since. But, and then the, the animators are reviewing the shots and they arrive and those shots are amazing, man. Like, so good. <laughs> like, how the hell am I supposed to do this? You know? Can I take my back real quick and go back can to my I, desk? Yeah. <laughs> that was so, so impressive. You know, it was, a, I remember it was clearly a shot by Willie Harbour, who's one of our supervising animators here. It's so strong, you know. And, and I was like, man, the, the blocking was so clean and it was nuts and now it's like i just don't understand help me please uh -huh. um so it took me a little bit of time the first shot that i have is a is a is a, a massive jumbo jet flying over san francisco and landing and i'm not able to do it 
you know, I just don't use the right character. My plane just is so clunky, you know, it's just supposed <laughs> to be a 200 tons flying machine. And it's just like, <laughs> doesn't fly, like the curves are so broken. Um, and then after that, I started just getting the hang of it. And, and, and uh, my next movie is uh, Shrek 4. Oh, nice. And the team was, was great. You know, yeah. and it, it's, it's, it's funny because it was, it was, I'm not, I was not very attracted by the Shrek universe. Um, and at the time, I was also pushing the first dragon, you know, and I was like, oh my God, I want to work on dragons, you know. Uh, Shrek is not that appealing to me. Uh, but I I was so junior, you know, and, and all the badass team was in Three Young Dragons. Uh, and ended up, so I ended up on Shrek, and therefore that was perfect because, first of all, the team was amazing. Uh, Mike Mitchell, the director, was such a great guy, and he's such mm -hmm. a great guy. Um, so I had a blast, but I ended up not being in the, if you say the A team, you know that you know because Dragon was supposed to be done super fast and, and a bit more complex, I guess, or less known. So they had to craft new stuff. Um, but that allowed me to have great shots to animate, you know. Yeah, and yeah. And I really sunk my teeth into it and just really learned so much. So in the end, I did great, and then. And then that allowed me to have a to be a lead on the next movie and a character lead on the Panda Two and on the on the Peacock, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. And okay, then, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it was a nice uh, transition for you to kind of move in as you're kind of talking about it. You weren't. Does it sound like you were thrown into the deep waters right away? I mean, you got to work no. in some two D, kind of probably get oh. your feet wet at DreamWorks. Yep. yep. And then as you're kind of talking about there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the environment as, at DreamWorks is amazing because. Uh, people are so kind and generous of their time and here to help you out. And then, and they always tell you, you know, look, if you're here, you know, it's because we believe that you can do it. And gotcha. You, like we get you here for, because we believe in you and, and we know you, there's no, no problems to learn and take your time and that's it, you know. Um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people we hire now are like already versed in CG animation. They're already great animators or even if they're junior, they're already like, you know, they, they went through animate or schools or whatever, you know, different schools, but so they know, they know CG really well, you know, they come from other studios. So hiring someone who doesn't know CG at all, you know, like I was, I think is somewhat, uh, uncommon now. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Um, each studio no doubt probably has their own vibe and DNA. Um, you obviously starting pretty early with DreamWorks, uh, yep. particularly some of their CG stuff, and you've been there for 15 years, as you mentioned. How have you seen the transition in the studio? Is there a lot that still feels like, hey, this is still some of the same vibe that I, you know, like you said, there, a lot of people there are here to help and, and support you and that kind of stuff. Have you seen that still carry over? Have you seen a difference in there now? Um, how would you say things have changed maybe, or say the same for, in 15 years? For, for DreamWorks specifically? Yeah. 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 No, it's a uh, it's very it's a very deep anchored culture here, and therefore, and it's you know kudos to uh, to Jeffrey and, and and the whole team. And I mean, people are incredibly generous and 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 also so caring, caring, and and really just caring about just propagating this love of the craft and and and. Um, and really wanting to to you know keep pushing themselves, uh, the juniors that we hire, you know whether it's in production or in the artistic departments, are 
um, so you know motivated and, and, and talented and, and and inspiring you know and so it it's it's carried over over all these years you know but it is it is really about um i mean the way they set it up from the beginning you know it, it was always about like giving you know everybody such a good training a strong basis you know and such a good school actually to just to just come here it's not as good obviously as the workplace but in the sense of what you learn here is like strong, strong, you know, knowledge, you know, and, but again, everywhere, I mean, like the production, all the production teams are so, so well, so, so well oiled that, you know, they, I mean, they end up running other studios after that. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like DreamWorks, DreamWorks, the DreamWorks people are just, have been like putting 18 quite a bit in, in, in LA and all those big studios, Netflix and Sony. And gotcha. A lot of dreamers people there and specific, specifically producers um so it's it's a very uh very very strong culture and again it's all about like um inclusion you know just really being there to help each other and gotcha because because everybody's on the same floor and and it's just it's it's, it's not a big studio if you think about it you know the the animation department is maybe at this the, I mean, it fluctuates, but I think we never were above 85 animators okay. at the studio. You know, and then you have much bigger studios, much bigger place. I mean, image work is 180 or something. I don't know. I, I don't know the biggest numbers, but I know it's a lot more. Right. And per movie, it's usually 35 animators average, you know, which is not a lot. And so, therefore, you really have that, 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 Tight that, that, yeah, that brotherhood kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Um, now, was Tim Ingersoll uh, there at, at training you yeah, at the time? Was, okay, totally, gotcha. Totally. He used to be one of our instructors for quite some time. Yeah, I remember awesome. that was one of his duties there. Team, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he taught me everything. And like, oh, that's fantastic. Such, with his magic tricks and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. So I, I thought I remembered that was his duty there. And then um, kind of going back to Shrek 4, that was kind of a genesis for um, iAnimate as far as a lot of our crew. You know, we had Jason Ryan who helped yeah. uh, start iAnimate, but uh, him, Ted T, uh, Jacob yeah. Garner, uh, Ben Rush, um, uh, was it um, Ben Willis? A lot of those guys were on that project there, and I think you know, getting to work with a lot of those guys there, uh, no doubt, was uh, helpful in regards to kind of your building up there. Oh, absolutely! And again, same thing. Like incredibly generous of of their knowledge and their time and their, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, Jason. I can't remember if Jason was uh, Jason Ryan was my supervising animator on. He may have been on a couple of sequences i can't remember uh, i know as was Marek Marek kohat you know who's a australian guy i don't know if he is who was that Marek Marek kohat no maybe not I'm not sure. not familiar um but um yeah no they were all on it like ben 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 rush of course uh, and uh, accidentally you helped design or you designed uh, our scarecrow character right Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. for Ben Rush's um, <laughs> Lucy so project. Yeah, man. Oh my God, yes. It was Ben, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was for Ben's project at first. You know, it was for Lucy. Um, you know, helping design. You know, Lucy and, and Kirko ended up. He ended up using those designs pretty closely. With you know, um, when I when I look at it now, 
10 years later maybe <laughs> i'm like yeah we should have been maybe a little uh i should have been a little more uh you know uh giving him a little bit more material to work with you know <laughs> just, just helping like you know this is the way i would but it was, it was still very cool design. Early. i mean yeah here we have it it's still one of our great feature rigs so um yeah very cool yeah um one of the things i love that i'm hearing here uh kind of as we kind of come full circle is you as a, a high school student mm -hmm. in France, seeing on TV this documentary or whatever it was for DreamWorks. Now here, not only are you there animating, but now as a director, you know, right. it's just, it's really, really um, a cool story. Just a really neat story. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, it's super interesting when you think about it, you know, uh, I mean, the universe works in weird ways. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's one of those ones that, yeah, is that something, a story that it's in and of itself, you know, where you see these kids, they look, they see their hero or whatever, and, and um, next thing they're yeah. in the major leagues playing, you know. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, just really neat. But it's still funny because for me, it's like these guys are still my heroes, you know, there's no question about it. They are still my. And Disney? even though. No. No, who'd you say? The, the, those guys on the document oh right right right. yeah know, yeah they're 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 my heroes still you know and they will always be uh you know but but it's funny because i ended up supervising them and they ended up supervising me and that is like so it, crazy it's kind of a weird thing right yeah yeah uh, uh and and directing them also you know so it's it's um but no it's amazing talent amazing talent. yeah and, and this is this is i mean the, the main difference that i found arriving here because in France, you know, it's mostly smaller, smaller structures, right? There's no, I mean, besides my guff, I mean, illumination, there's no studios of the size of a Disney or DreamWorks. Right. right. It doesn't exist. Uh, it's usually like small structures that either are like terrain and, and kind of keep, keep, keep living on over time or gets built for production and then get, you know, get taken down. Um, and you kind of jump from studio to studio regularly. Uh, it's never like as long as you can do it here. They, it's rare that a studio can just start, you know, have a movie after movie the way we do right. it here in the US uh, in those big, big places. But therefore, you usually are much more, how would you say, uh, much more of a generalist over there. Okay. And so... Is that so if, that you can accommodate from going from studio to studio? Well, that, but also within within a production, you could be asked to do, to do, um, you know, um, you know, look dev or look dev or yeah, yeah. you know, designs or animation or just start help out, you know, in two D specific design. And we still do a lot of to do with them, like assisting or in between and whatever. And then gotcha. I remember, I remember Nocturna, one of the very first movie. I, I got the. The demo reel of the studio, you know what I mean? So uh -huh. it's just so small. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Let me give it so you're you're exposed to to software in different departments and whatnot in a much more fluid way. Here, because of the demand of the industry, you're just very specialized. Right, right. And so that's kind of what I've been trying, like what what's reflected in my career here is a little bit of that where I slowly try to just okay. I can sh trying to show that I can do other things than just animation. Yeah. So some bit of design, you know, character creation, obviously leadership, but also you know storyboarding and and 
and then ended up directing. But directing was never in my first of all wildest dreams, of course, <laughs> uh, because who is you know there was kind of things like yeah American people are directing not not you know and <laughs> it's stupid but it is but it is you know and also mostly I didn't feel myself I feel that I had anything to say uh, and um, but it was. It, it was, you know, kind of a, when that happened on Bilby, it was like, oh my God, I love this job. It's amazing. And keep wanting to keep doing it. And so bad guys happen. And then I had a blast, you know. Okay. So let's transition to that then. Um, obviously, directing is a, is a huge deal and a big trust for a, a studio such oh, yeah. as DreamWorks. Um, a new IP, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like it was, hey, here's Kung Fu Panda 4, you know, it's an established IP. We've got the yeah, things yeah. worked out and the characters and here's, you know, here's a new director. Um, you have a new IP, a new director. Um, how did that come about for you? Yeah, um, kind of on the heel. So, so what happened is that, you know, I mean, my philosophy has always been, and I mean, whether I knew it at the time or not, but now I just, I'm able, because I'm older and wiser, maybe <laughs> to realize it a little bit. But I, uh, I don't feel good if I'm not learning something. You know? Gotcha. I love and so, that. And so every single step of the way, I was like, oh, okay, I think I, I understood this job. I really am good at it. You know, how can I just make it fit who I am kind of thing. And then then you kind of inhibit your role, you know, and just um and just logically kind of move up to a or move up or move to a different job or different role uh -huh. that involves you learning more kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like so it's always been like that for me where you know just learning animation, two D animation, learning 3D animation, or CG animation. Once I kind of knew how to do this, just ended up, oh what if you know, I learned how to just kind of supervise a character um, or kind of lead a character uh, so I can dig into a character and have a bit more creative input. And then the next one was like, okay, well, now you, you know, to do this, just supervising a character, but also supervise a team of a few people. And then that led to head of animation. And so now you're not just supervising a character, you're supervising the whole animation for a project or kind of guiding it and then also supervising a big team of 30 years. 35, 40 people, but also, you know, interacting with so many departments. <clears throat> and through this, I also kind of, on the next, because I, I've been ahead of animation for a few movies, but none of them have ever been kind of finished. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a big hole in my MDB. That's because, you know, I worked on a lot of projects that never got made, but. Um, but you had the experience then at least doing sure. that yeah, yeah yeah of course of course and so uh yeah ended up you know on the second movie after that uh it was um head of character animation but also kind of creating the characters you know what is the how can i make characters and work with the team so that those design that we have can evolve into really sophisticated well-made kind of characters for the animators but also look wise and design wise so just really involved in the design of the character, character creation with the rigging team, modeling team, designer team, animation team, mm -hmm. the directors and, and the production designer. Um, so taking on a bigger role in a way than just animation. And so again, learning more, you know, how about the process and 
And all of this happened naturally, of course, but it was now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, okay, this is all about, like, I want to expand, you know. And then after, after Larrikins was Bilby, um, and again, same thing, just, oh, directing, uh, no, directing, but through directing, just I storyboarded the film, the whole short film. Oh, um, you did for, uh, who was it? Uh, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Because it was three of us and we wanted to pitch the film. So I ended up storyboarding the whole thing because Leon and JP are not storyboarders. And, and I had been wanting to, to go back to storyboard. I'd done that years ago uh, and never had the opportunity to do it. So I was like, ah, let me do this. And then I ended up like loving this. You know? Oh, yes, I feel good. Uh -huh. um, so again, expanding and then directing the film. And so it's a, that's the idea. How do you grow and keep growing? Gotcha. That's the thing. And so that's what happened for Badia. So um, after Bilby, when we directed the film, you know, it was amazing and just so, so such a fun project. But then I, got, I went to the studio and said, yeah, I don't, you know, I've done two, two head of animation jobs, even though I never really finished them to the end, which frankly, I think is kind of the hardest spot during the production itself, the most stressful at least. <laughs> but at least I got to experience the whole creative process. Yeah, know, yeah. First years of development. Um, and then now I directed something and just, I, you know, storyboarding, uh, I can storyboard as well. I'd love to keep directing. Can we do that? And then they came back a few months later saying, oh, we, do you want to co-direct, um, with David Soren in a movie called Spooky Jack? Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I just want to learn from him. And so we ended up doing that. And then, and then there was some like, you know, how would you say, um, creative disagreements between the movie that we're trying to make and what the kind of the studio wanted to see. So ended up, what ended up happening is that they, they kind of asked David to rewrite the script for the movie while putting us in the team kind of on hold for a bit. Um, meanwhile, I kind of found a little book called The Bad Guys, you know, um, and, and so the cover of that book, you know, it's like, oh my God, I know what to do with this. And it was being developed, and there was just one draft of the script, and it was the same producer as Spooky Jack, David Ross. Um, and I just take the book, and it's, you know, those four guys, you know, like the wolf and the shark and snake and, and piranha, and they're in suits, like, reservoir outside. And I was like, oh, man, this is done, you know, with animals. And so I had a vision for this. I asked him for the script. I read the script. You know, the script is super funny, just great tone. Um, the stuff to fix the steel, of course, is the first draft. Um, and um, and I tell the studio and, and Damon, look, you guys, I'm like so interested in this. Can you, can you, you know, I have those months where David is rewriting. Can I use kind of develop this? They were, yeah, go for it. And I ended up doing a little trailer, some vis dev with Luke Demarchel, who was already on the project as a, uh, as a vis dev artist. And he's French. And we kind of didn't, we, we had met each other a few times, but we didn't really know each other. And we started bonding big time. And then, and then putting out putting out all these references of, of our childhood and French graphic novels and animation, cracking up like kids, you know, <laughs> so fun. And, and I I start doing a trailer, just storyboards, and I show him, and he's just giggling, you know. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. And he ended up cutting that trailer, and but I I was so lucky because no one was looking at it, nobody was just behind my back. It was just. John, my my editor, myself, Luke, <laughs> Luke, who was giggling. <laughs> so you know you're kind of on the right track. And I kind of did it, you know. And then we're showing it for, for two friends here and there, and they were like, oh, "Great, just keep going." So, 
ended up cutting that and then showed it to the studio. In the meantime, the studio leadership had changed. Margie and Christine, uh, who are the heads of the studios now, of the studio now, I mean, Margie is the head of studio and, and, and Christine is our creative director. They arrived um, and they asked to see the slate of what is what are the original films that are in dev, you know? And so Luke and I do great presentation, artwork everywhere, influences, and everything was figured out really in our heads, you know? Uh-huh. And I showed them the trailer and we pitched, and Damon is like pitching the big concept. And then a few weeks later, they're like, yeah, this is the one we want to do. You know? That's so, so that cool, was man. And, so, and then a couple of months later, Christine Margie's like, do you want to direct it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's how it happened. Um, but um, but I think it's really because there was a very clear idea behind what we pitched them, you know. So you you brought them that style, that the, the style was not um, thought of Define. for this particular one? No, no, that was all my. That is amazing. I mean, you can you can tell it's so French. It's oh like, yeah, <laughs> but I didn't know if they, someone else had already kind of have no, developed no, that. No, no, no. And one of the things I love about that too, um, you know, there's pros and cons. You know, kind of going back to something you had mentioned earlier in regards to uh, the ability for you to stay at a studio for 15 years here in America versus somewhere in uh, French, where or yeah. France, where it's kind of uh, up and down. I go, we have a stability by and large in our animation here in the US. But one of the um, critiques, so to speak, is it tends to be tailored towards a certain audience per se. And I go, it's, but you were able to take all the pros of an American uh, animation studio and bring in that influence that, you know, we don't typically see here in America for that kind of thing. It's just the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it really something that I think um, came into light um, for me personally, but like literally, I mean, we all, I think as artists, we all kind of feel it a little bit, you know. It's been it's been a long time for um, a lot of people just to want to change a little bit what we tend to always see. Yeah, especially for CG animation, you know, it's been it's been coded or or kind of. The, the the style has been coded by Pixar, you know, right. and the, the gold standard is Pixar. And then, and I think every studio has kind of seen this and then Disney arrived. But then uh, me coming from abroad, from a CG, back, from a 2D background, from very illustrative kind of art form, I've, 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 I've always seen, and, and from, again, from a foreigner perspective as well, from France or Europe or whatever, you know, the the, the work and the movies coming from America um, always feel like, you know, it's like, that's great, but it's so, uh, like, there's a lot of recipes behind those, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not as, sometimes it could be more inventive. And I mean, granted, those are great movies, like, you know, whatever ends up in theaters. I mean, and, and, and when you make a movie and you know how hard it is to make a movie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the respect in the world. Absolutely. Respect, yes, obviously. absolutely. But but it, it, it always was, from our point of view over there, was like, oh, I wish they were pushing this a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wish we could see, you know, some blend of 2D and CG, whatever it is, or like, what kind of stories are we talking about and stuff. So I think it's always been in me a little bit, um, even though I was not focused on that because I really wanted to learn animation more than anything. I was not a storyteller. 
Um, and then slowly it kind of naturally went back to this where, you know, oh, uh, what if we push this style a little bit? What would it make something that was different? And then Spider-Verse happened. And I was yeah. Like, there you go. I knew it. And everybody loved it, you know? And so, and so that kind of was a little bit of the, the crack in the door just for, for me to just get in and then, and then, and then, uh, Mitchell's and then turning red. And so you can tell there's a, there's a wave and CG is going somewhere. And actually, you know what, what is very interesting is like, it's not just Spider-Verse. What happened was Spider-Verse happened. And at the same time, or more or less Lion King happened for me, at least. And that's the way I interpret it where one was pushing the style of CG in a completely different direction, much more stylized illustrated and stuff. And one was proving that we could do photo real CG. Mm. Yeah. And that race was over because they had done it, you know, like that movie when you when you when you watch it, you're like, hang on, what 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 am I seeing? Like you, those are real lines. Yeah, things. yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what it took to do that and it's still unbelievable. You're still looking and it's you're fooled. Yeah, and then that and Planet of the Apes and stuff. So CG is like you can do photoreal CG. Not every studio can, but and Laugh of Pi happened. I mean, like you know, I mean those right. those movies at the time, like four or five years ago, whatever. You know, the proof that you could do photoreal CG. That race, that that race to just get there, is over. And then, I mean, like we can do it. And and uh, at the same time. Now an, a big studio is able to put out a movie that is so stylized and so yeah. cool and engage his audiences and is successful and wins an Oscar and all of this. <laughs> so like, okay, point is proven by the artists and by the by the community that you know now is a new page that that we can turn. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so I think it's kind of it's kind of all lined up, you know. And and for me, it's been something that I've been feeling for so long. But it was like kind of a perfect platform for me to kind of uh, um, express it a little bit, you know. And and and, and I say when I, when I say it's just the beginnings because I think Bad Guys is stylized and different, new style and everything. But it's not also incredibly revolutionary in terms of the, the look, you know. It's it's because you you can't also lose your audience too much, right? You know? Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Kind of going back to your point in regards to you know a bit of a recipe, and you go when when your other comment you go you know what it takes to produce a film and the yeah. budget that goes into it and you go i can't lose all my money on one project because it's revolutionary and it doesn't do well or you take yeah. something like iron giant for example right yeah you go well that was fantastic but you go at the end of the day if it and again part of it was marketing things of that nature but you go you have to be able to sustain yourself as a studio so there is a bit of a recipe to a certain yeah. degree but it is nice to see uh, studios like DreamWorks and stuff who are in Sony who are expanding that more and more, you know? T totally, totally. Yeah. And, and I think, again, I think it's just the beginning, you know? Um, I think, and, and DreamWorks is perfect for this, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have a baked-in house style as much as, yeah. you know, Disney or Illumination it, or... Pixar. P Pixar. Pixar is barely starting to kind of scratch the surface as far as some diversity in regards to their look, right. but for a lot of it was very, very similar in that. Exactly. Yeah. So Sony definitely is there or is going there. Uh, but it's not the same structure as we have here in the sense of it's two studios, right? You have SPA mm. and then you have Imagework making the film. I mean, producing the, the images. Um, DreamWorks in a way is such a 
it's an enclosed environment. And so we're all together. And I think it's, it has a very, it could have a lot of dynamism in there just for us to actually just keep pushing. You know, I, gotcha. I definitely want to be part of that. Yeah, very cool. And yeah. one of the things, I mean, I've been more excited with DreamWorks films as of late than a lot of other studios. Um, right. I, I thought Crude's 2 was hilarious. Yeah, I, we had a, a big family night um, uh, over, and I was a big fan. We were a big fan of uh, Crude's, the first one. And sequels are always just kind of tough. You know, you never know how. Oh, yeah. And I'm literally, you know, that LOL laughing out loud. I'm literally laughing out loud. You know, my wife's looking at me like, man, honey, you know, <laughs> just a fantastic movie, you know. And then when I saw the trailer for this one here, I was very intrigued, you know, and so I go talking about DreamWorks and just, I, I think they've also been, uh, you guys have also been very steady in regards to, um, I, I think there were some ups and downs in some of the movies and that I think that could have been difficult for other studios, but you guys have seemed to kind of just keep the course and keep doing what you guys have been doing. And it's been proving out in the uh, new IPs like this that have been fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, there's always hit and miss a little bit, you know, and, 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 um, for a long time, when it was Jeffrey, he had to get his studio to keep going because he was. We were independent, and so yeah. if the movie is not ready, the movie is not ready. If the movie is not, and you know, if we don't release it, you know, the movie is going. The, the studio is going to tank. Yeah. And so he couldn't afford to do that. Right. And I think now we are in a different situation where we're owned by a much bigger company, which gives us, I hope, a little bit more flexibility for us to just make sure that we don't. Uh, release movies that are not completely there, you know, if they're not ready, just we can wait a bit. I mean, it's always complex. It's business, as you know. Right. So you have hundreds of employees that you need to to pay for and right. keep, keep <laughs> employing. So, but but the idea that story is kind of king is, is also, I think, something important and, and us generating new content also is very important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I can't wait for you to, you know, see, I haven't seen the latest version, but Puss in Boots 2 is, is, is also, you know, lining up to be great, you know, yeah. and, and I'm very excited about it, you know, and, and, and they're also pushing the look, they're the visuals, and it's a fun movie, it's a fun adventure, and the characters, such a, I mean, Antonio Banderas is so funny to listen to. So what I'm saying is that I hope, again, it's the beginning of something, uh, and, and, and DreamWorks kind of keeps pushing things, That that's my... That's my desire. Man. Yeah, very nice. Um, now, kind of going back to you bringing this style into this movie, was that difficult to sell people on? Not necessarily the artists. I'm sure the artists were probably like, this is, looks like a lot of fun, but maybe yeah. some of the higher ups, again, with the new IP, um, kind of venturing was, out a little ways from that recipe. Are you talking in terms of look, right? Yeah, the look. Yeah, yeah. yeah look. No, they they trusted me completely, completely. That's great, man. Which I was like, really? <laughs> <You're> just, what? <laughs> I like, yeah, we, we love where that's going. You know, your wolf is super sexy. <laughs> but it was like, because we, Luke and I, when we presented this, we were like, no, we want a CG that stylized, like, you know, and we did a, a look dev test, uh, uh, a look test, sorry, in, uh, in the art department. So outside of the pipeline of Dreamer, so we could just crack it out quickly. So I uh -huh. my eye with just a few artists, and it was it was yeah it was pushed, you know, in terms of how it is traded. That looked 
um, to the point where, you know, we could never go there because it would have been almost too cheap in a way. You know what I mean? Like it's so stylized that it was, it felt not rich enough. Okay. But the intent was that. And so, and so they, and they didn't flake out. They were like, yeah, keep pushing. I mean, go there. That's fine. Gotcha. Got it. And then, and can I do, uh, uh, Dragon Ball, you know, inspired characters? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And, like so supportive which is nice mind-blowing if you think about it now you did say something i hear that i had a question on because again dreamworks is one of the top studios in regards to just fidelity you know you can do you guys do amazing work here um you mentioned uh not pushing it too far where it looked cheap and so that was kind of my one of my questions here is how did you find that balance in regards to that look you were going for, which is typically a 2D, they're going to have, a, it's right. going to be more television-ish, um, yeah. and yet continue and have that flu, that uh, polish and feature film level quality. Yeah, that's a great question because it's it's not an easy balance to strike. You know? mm. uh, I think it was uh, the first images we were so stylized, as, as I said, we were so stylized that I was like, excuse me, it was... Um, it's it's if we if we do the full movie like this, it's not gonna work. And then we did the, the the test in the pipeline. But at least what it did, it allowed us to really lay out the big rules of this world, of this graphic world. So it was. I don't want anything to feel like it's straight out of the computer. You know, no sharp edges. You know, it can't be a perfect square, a cube, or sphere. Everything has to be broken down. All the edges have to, have to be broken down. And they're like. Are you really serious? Like we have to break it like by hand. I was like, yeah, like come on, man. <laughs> and so I think at the end they ended up finding like developing a tool so that all the edges are kind of breaking. So it's not because it's a lot of work. To gotcha. Computer gives you something perfect, and I wanted something imperfect, right? Um, so that was one of the that's the first rule. Every, you know, character design that was a different question because character design I, I knew I kind of knew really well what I wanted to see, but but for the the graphic look. Um, Effects would look like 2D animation, like 2D, 2D effects, uh -huh. um, and then sometimes on twos. Um, I wanted to see like painted, painterly textures. I wanted to see line work on the on the. So they had those rules, and but at the same time, I also wanted some uh, a feeling of like an actual movie camera, and then um, optical effects that felt like um, you know flares and stuff that felt like an actual movie. Okay. But on top of that, I wanted speed lines and stuff from animation. So it was kind of an interesting <laughs> thing. So they had all those rules, and then we started doing tests. Um, and I think, you know, it was all about how much, first of all, how much, you know, elements do we have in an image um, in terms of, because the, the, the point of those rules were not just to be cool, but it's also, for me, a way to, to really guide your audience, you know, through the film and the story. You know, it's, I oftentimes find it, you know, one of the best way to just guide your audience's eyes, obviously lighting, you know, just like, okay, well, spotlight here, and then everybody's going to look there, the rest is dark. But I wanted to do it ju not just with lighting, I wanted to also do it with detail, level of details, and then the way we we would, you know, film our scenes, and also the uh, the kind of texturing that I, that I was, we were talking about with Luke. So, you know, if the action happens, you know, left third of the screen, you know, let's 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 have the rest kind of fade off and lose some details on the rest. So the most most 
detailed place or location in the, in the screen would be or contrasted whatever would right. be where you want your audience to look at so that and that's the that's the principles of uh, illustration versus photographs you know or, or versus um hyper-realistic stuff. You don't right. see all the details everywhere. And the computer tends to do that. You know, we're getting so much better at this, obviously, but uh, computers, computer will give you every little strand of hair, and right, right. every every little grass or herbs and leaves on the tree or whatever. Right. You know? So how do you just make sure that you stylize this so it feels like unified, but at the same time, you're not lost in details. But at the same time, also, you don't take off so many details that now you end up with something that looks cheap. Yeah. So that was that balance they were trying to figure out. And so they, they were creating like tools and filters to, uh, because then I think in the end we ended up, you know, almost surfacing everything, like kind of the way we do it uh, traditionally was more like high res photographs of paintbrush and stuff like that. And then we, on top of that, we added, you know, filters and painterly stuff, painterly treatments. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit of a blend, but it gives them a lot of flexibility to actually doze this, you know. And then obviously, you know, if you're world, you, you, you create a city, you know, you, you have uh, two houses and, 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 and a tree and, and two cars. It's going to look cheap. But we ended up, because, because DreamWorks is a big studio, we ended up like having a big city with, right. like, you know, crowds of characters. And, and so that makes it feel like it's heavy, you know. So it's 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 a bit of everything. It's a little of your obviously budget, but also just just making sure that we, when you when you watch it on screen, um, you're you're doing wedge tests and and, and 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 you're not you're not leaning too much on the cheap side, or you're not going back too much to reality. So right. So it's that balance is a little tricky. Um, what really was frankly tricky for us is because before we saw the first shots in lighting, we were in quarantine. Right, so we ended up being in quarantine before lighting started. So the first sequences in lighting, I had to approve on a laptop. <laughs> so that particular problem, besides the fact that my laptop was not color corrected, uh, and it ended up having a screen uh, sending me a monitor that's color corrected later on, but but the biggest problem with that is like that cheap factor that you can have, you can only judge that on a big screen. Gotcha. Because on a small screen, everything is so, it's so, and much more detailed by default, right? Because right. everything gets shrunken, right? On a big screen, then you now all of a sudden you see all the all the empty space or all the you know little problems that you didn't catch on a small screen. So that was a tricky part, really. And Interesting. So quickly, quickly, we ended up saying, "Oh, we need to be at the studio, even though I know it's closed. We need to be at, get there and approve on, on on in the theater." And so therefore, we were part of the first wave. Luke and I. And Damon of uh, and, and Matt are the effects first wave of people who could come back, so that we could prove that on the screen. Yeah. Now that's interesting because um, when I first saw the trailer for uh, the new Puss in Boots coming out, uh, I'm obviously watching it on a monitor. Um, I thought it looked cool, but I wasn't quite sure on the the look. I wasn't sure how. But when I saw on the trailer or the uh, before the because I actually saw uh, bad guys in theater um, and they played Puss in Boots beforehand, and I was like, oh, this looks great. Yeah, so great. Yeah. You know, uh, and so that was that is, a, is very different. Yeah, yeah, big time. That's funny you yeah. say that because, like I said, I wasn't quite sure on it when I first saw the trailer. Here, I was like, ah, not quite what I would expect. I wasn't exactly. quite sure yeah. on theater. Totally different story. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I mean, theater is the best way to experience a movie, anyway. We all know that. But 
but yes, you're right. You're totally right. You know, it's and also because we make those movies for that medium. Um, it's uh, it, no, it's interesting. And, and, and honestly, you know, even me, until we released the trailer of the film, I was, I was, it was my biggest fear. You know? uh-huh. People are gonna it, because it, because it's two things. First of all, you're so immersed in making your film, in living in this world that you created, that at, at some point becomes. Yeah, I mean, this is the movie we're making, right? I mean, the, what's special about it? It's uh, we've been doing this for two years now, I mean, this is the image of this. so you don't, you know, what I mean, like it, it becomes your norm. Yeah, you know, that look becomes your norm. Yeah, and you forget that it's special. It was different. Yeah, and and all you see because you're working on your film and because you're an artist and you're picky and you're painting the ass. You know, you just see your problems. You just see the mistakes you're making, right? And so it's like, oh my god. <laughs> and we released that first Friday in December, and the reactions were so encouraging because people were like, oh my god, this this look, this is amazing. I mean, like, why is that coming from Dreamers? Yeah, go. I mean, this. This was incredibly relief, such a relief, and at the same time, such a good surprise because, like, oh, that's right, we're doing something different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the look and, fit the genre, the genre as well, though. And yeah, I think that's what yeah. really, I think, merged that. It, you have that kind of um, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, the, the you know, you start out with that high speed car chasing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, works great with those lines and stuff that the, the painterly lines, um, like you mentioned, uh, or maybe somewhere else, uh, kind of had that loop in and you know Dragon yeah. Ball Z look and stuff, which is very actiony, you know. And so, and then also a bit of a seventies vibe, uh, um, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And so it yeah. just it fit that look, fit that genre of that film very, very well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. I, I mean. I, th- I think that's 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 um, kind of our jobs. One of the hardest, by the way, is like every department that works on a film needs to aim towards the same direction: mm. um, story, and then music, and the look, and the style of editing, and the style of animation, uh, supporting the same vision, the same of sound, and supporting the same uh, and obviously cameras, just really supporting what the story is trying to say and is everything, everything really symbiotic, you know? Right. Um, and you can tell when it's not, you can, you can easily say that like some movies, which, which are not as symbiotic where you can say that like, they like a few departments were not on the, the departments were not on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And those, those usually just kind of stand out a little bit as, Oh, they missed something there. Or something. Right. I'm not just talking about animation, by the way, I'm talking in general. Right. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, no, and, and what you just said, and I'm so happy to hear, hear that you, that's the way you felt because because that, that was obviously the intent, and that's the gold standard for us for everybody who kind of makes you know makes movies. Is like, can we have everybody in sync? You know, honestly, I think it really comes from uh, starting this movie with that very clear vision. You know, of of the presentation we did with Luke was so clear in terms of you know the kind of animation I wanted, the kind of designs I wanted, the kind of look he wanted on the film and the references we had, the location. On that presentation there was I was talking about music, I was talking about the, you know, the, you know, live action reference and animation reference, illustrations. I mean like music was already there in right. my head. I knew what I wanted, you know. 
So everything was already kind of really clear and allowed me just to give that as a workbook for everyone and say, this is where we're going. And so everybody tuned in, you know, um, and, uh, but sometimes you don't, you're not as lucky because, because the, the story struggles to find itself. Right. And, and the character changes, but you're stuck with the old design. And the <laughs> I mean, like we all know that. Yeah. So we, I think we, we got really lucky on this one for sure. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this then, um, as a director on a film that's spanning what, four years, three, four years. Yeah. Three years, okay. Three and a half years, yeah multiple artists who no doubt have great ideas at times and such. How did you keep that vision that you had as well as taking good ideas and still keeping it, like you said, keep it on the, the, the train on the track, so to speak. I think that's the, it's very, like, again, great question. I think in a way you're looking at it the wrong way. The fact that you have a clear vision helps you ask for ideas everywhere. Okay. Because when a good idea shows up, you know it's lining up with your vision. Gotcha. And you're like, oh, that's the one. Yeah. When it doesn't, you also know. You're like, love, that's a great idea, but it won't work for this and this reason. Gotcha. So it's he, kind of interesting, right? It's a, yeah. because like the, the, the default thinking would be I got my vision. Uh, and, but if I open up to other ideas, you know, how do I accommodate this? No, it's not. It's because you have your vision. Those ideas are easy to just gotcha. take into consideration. It's very interesting. Yeah, you yeah. Because, because everybody thinks that way, and me too, by the way. <laughs> and then you do it, and you're like, oh my God, actually, that's easy. In a way, it's not easy. But yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And so therefore, I was really, uh, from the beginning, the idea was um, I wanted to replicate the experience that you had and it's going to sound cliche because I'm sure many people say that, but the experience that I had is making my student film. With okay. My buddies. And it was on Bilby was already the idea. Leon, JP and I were like, we all done movies as students, you know, film as students. And, and we we're like, Oh, let's make sure we have that experience. And this is exactly what happened. We the three of us, you know, in a little room kind of brainstorming. It was amazing. And then after that, the team grows up, but even on bad guys, the idea was, okay, let's make it as a, as inclusive as we can make it. Um, I mean, pandemic didn't help, but um, but that was the idea. That was the goal to all be together. And therefore, every every screening that we were doing, I would ask notes from every department. You know, you know, our department were you know, it's like the surfacing department, whatever, um, on the screen, which is generally not the case. So that would include people as much as possible, because I was confident actually into where I wanted to go and therefore able to just actually, when I say I, we as leaders, and you know, uh, we were confident as, as where we were going and being able to include, you know, feedback from, from anyone and know, um, know what was the right idea for the problem we would have, you know. Was it also getting the other departments and the teams, um, up to speed as far as what the vision was or or did you not have to do that because you guys were already the filter and the gatekeepers no 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 we made sure that everybody understood it so that way when people are giving we're, input and stuff yeah. they're like i already know what the vision yeah. is I may, yeah. I may hit the target i may not but at least i know totally. what I'm, i gotcha now, that's totally. and it's also to me it's also an opportunity to actually educate people yeah and educate in the great sense of the way and just in the sense of let me expose, like, show you a little bit of what 
the director's job is and how we make decisions. Right. And and so that people can understand this part of the process a little bit, not not a massive scale, but a little bit of, okay, this is the story we're doing. Give me notes on a story. It's not easy. It's not easy to give notes on a film. You know something is broken, but how do you give notes? How do where do you come from? Yeah, where do yeah. you stop? You know, when you don't have when you haven't worked a lot with those tools of storytelling, you know, uh, because it's not your job, you know, you don't necessarily have, you, you had the opportunity to do it. How do you give notes on a story? How do you give notes on a character, you know? And so it was also kind of educating or trying to get people just to touch this if they felt interested. Gotcha. So. How, and maybe, maybe you can or cannot talk too much into it, but how um, smooth was the development of the story? Um, cause again, we go back to that adage story is king and that has to be yes, your, you know, yes, your yes. backbone there. How we how... were very disciplined to make it work. Um, let me back say, say that slightly differently. The, because we were the first original movie that they kind of greenlit, they kind of threw us really quickly in production. Um, in a way. And and it's circumstances. It's not you know, right. It, it was what it was. was. Yeah, it was what it was. Uh, and I think, in a perfect scenario, I would have loved maybe a couple more screenings in storyboards for us to give us the time to really figure the story out before starting production. So, and that's the reality of things. By the way, it's not just DreamWorks everywhere. Where animation is such a such a collaborative and also very fluid medium in terms of how you tell a story and how you craft those stories. Um, it's not, you don't need, in a way, compared to live action, you're not working with a locked script because you have three weeks of shooting and if you can't fuck it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to have something incredible, like animation is much more fluid. So you kind of, you have a script that is a strong base, but then because we're cutting the story before in storyboards and every story artist has their own voice and things are very, very, very fluid and evolve constantly. And so we keep on refining the story. As you know, we keep on refining the story as it goes, right? And you keep on refining it even when layout has started and animation has started. And, and then you can't touch any, any of that anymore, you know, because it's <laughs> locked, you know. So it was um, the first year, let's say, of production was a bit of a scramble. Okay. You know, because we had just a couple, a couple screenings we had just had two two screens, I think, to put on on screen and see how even the story works um, before layout started, production started, and so um, we went to production where I was like, okay, you know, like this is not ready yet, but I mean, we need to move on, you know? so, <laughs> and that's the stressful part where you need to work with a puzzle that's already being built um, or locked at least, and but but areas of that puzzle still need to be figured out and you yeah. don't even know exactly where you're going. The script was not, because of the vision that I had, the script had to readjust quite a bit. Um, and so we kind of did that at the same time. But we were, Damon and I were so disciplined and the writers were so disciplined to make sure that, you know, we we would be very efficient in the way we would tackle those story changes. But yeah, it's a, it's the stressful part of production anyway. Because gotcha. after that, once your story is locked, now you're just in execution mode. Executing you know? it, yeah. Make it as, as good as it could be, look-wise, animation-wise, sound-wise, that's execution mode. 
you kind of rest your brain. And after that, it's promotion. You finish the film and you promote your film and then that's brainless kind of thing. Gotcha. <laughs> but that first year there is like, whoa, intense. Gotcha. Was there any big surprise? Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask the question, but let me back up here. You'd obviously already done some directing. You mentioned some of them weren't, uh, maybe some of them are on a smaller scale in regards to Billabies and um, some weren't finished. Uh, but this is kind of your first full um, was there any big surprises going from pre-production to production that kind of took you maybe by a little surprise? Um, not really okay. in terms of the tech itself. I mean, in terms of the artistry, because I know it so well. Uh, you know, animation and these dev and, and layout. Story I didn't know as well because I never really... You know, I'd work on one production in storyboarding, but not uh, not long enough kind of thing. So really for me, learning the new stuff really was a f uh, leading story teams, writing script and directing actors and casting. Yeah. Those are the four or five things that I was like a little out of my comfort zone there. Gotcha. Uh, and so that's where you learn and that's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, after that after that much easier i mean giving notes on music is you know i'm not a i'm not a music player and so but you react on a very emotional level mm. and, and and daniel was so so talented he's so talented that you know it, it, it was there was barely anything to say and the sound design <laughs> was fantastic so all of that was pretty easy and the, the production itself i'm confident because i've been doing it for so long and, and and interacting with many departments for so long so it was not a big deal for me um the for the the, the pre pre product the, the beginning of production was like the beginning of the chain production editorial and all of this that's that was a bit more new um but not surprises not really big surprises okay. it's more like getting comfortable gotcha and and the big one was i think you know definitely script like giving notes on your story and reflecting on your story and characters and all of that that was a big learning curve uh at that level uh and uh being able to just give the actors the voice talent some input and that's that's a that's a that's a tricky one okay the biggest surprise, next question I'd there say, yeah the biggest surprise i'd say is this, even though we have worked on movies before this the sheer scale of it gotcha okay that makes sense it's massive it's, <laughs> and that that's something i was like i kind of knew but i didn't gotcha you know you're like oh i know this whale is big no, you don't. It's like <laughs> this whale is massive, it's giant. You know, it's it's hard to explain because. We, but 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 that's that's the biggest surprise. Now, so you mentioned the voice cast, uh, casting. Uh, loved it, absolutely loved it. And yeah. a lot of them, I, I wasn't even quite familiar with. Some of them, I had been, um, you know, uh, but didn't quite recognize it. And I actually think that's a great. Um, quality when the voice actor just incumbents the character and you don't quite always um oh yeah that's who that is you know type deal. Yeah, yeah 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 um so what was your experience in regards to the casting and directing these actors yeah um well you know that was the, that was also one of the, the the goal from the beginning you know it was okay let's make something that is different but not just in terms of the, in terms of everything right so slightly different, slightly on the edge, a little cool, you know, and, and goofy at the same time. Uh -huh. um, whether it's like the look, but also the storytelling, the music, the cast, obviously, 
and so it was like going in it was the idea it was like let's not take your usual suspects you know it's not it's not you know it's not Clooney and Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt you know even though these guys are like greatest talents you know but it was like how do you not do that but get the same feeling of yeah. brotherhood and 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 and, and uh, intimacy you know um and so and also we kind of we the tone in the script was really well defined for those characters so we kind of went in there knowing you know the, our characters pretty well diane was the hardest one because we didn't we didn't have a clean grasp on this character at this point which was diane uh she's a fox the fox you went oh the fox yeah yeah, yeah. okay um and um but the rest was all of them were pretty well defined so it allowed us allowed me and and and, and all of us to actually just go in there and just be like and because we don't do a voice uh voice test you know uh-huh. we don't do auditions um what we do is we just select clips from actors that we kind of want to hear from youtube whatever you know on dvds or whatnot and and john my editor would just get those little clips make like kind of a fake conversation and we listen to it projected against the design of the character mm. and we're like does it fit yeah i think it fits and then you do just three four five six of them and then start just proceeding by elimination you know um but again the idea was just to get a cool cast fresh that not everybody knew and one of the prints one of the idea that i wanted to just explore and we couldn't really do it but because one of the big in, uh, inspiration was quentin tarantino and his movies um I also wanted a soundtrack that was similar to what he does. And okay. what he does is like, he takes all these needle drops, these songs that nobody knows and makes them famous. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. That's what he does with his music. So the idea was to try and do that on the soundtrack. It didn't really work for us, but same idea was for the cast where, you know, you have those amazing songs that people are not completely familiar with. It's not right. your usual, like, pop, you know, 100 billboard kind of thing. right right plays five times but then when you come out of the yeah. theater you're like whistling them and you're like <laughs> famous so that was the same thing for us it was like okay let's let's what what are the stars that are kind of emerging or kind of super cool and but on the edge a little bit definitely sam of course was the guy like that i mean he's super famous incredibly talented but it's not the guy that everybody knows right right very interesting um and sam so he's the first one who signed uh, we accepted to do it. And then when you have some rock in your cast, everybody's like, of course, commit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they all kind of quickly said yes, because this guy is legit, you know, he's like, he's beloved among all the actors. But I'm so proud of this cast because they got, they got along so well. It felt, it felt that way. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Like they are amazing people, like, yeah. like really great human beings and, and, and so generous, you know. Was it difficult to um, direct them at all? Not difficult in the sense of, because of their personalities, but because no, no. of your position going, hey, these are fantastic artists totally. and actors that I'm now having to direct now. Tell them, no, that's not, let's take, you know. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it was, I quickly realized, I mean, I think the hardest part for me, and it still is a little difficult, is I think, um, trying to give the right indication that clicks for an actor, which is basically just um, 
having them understand the emotion, but feeling the emotion when you when you describe it, as opposed to say, act out, how you act out that emotion or give a word or an adjective that is the emotion. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's not be angry, and Sam would be like. Okay. That I can do angry like a thousand different versions. Right. Of <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so instead of saying that, you say, okay, this is, you can give examples of how angry you want it to be or sometimes it could be a physical, um, you know, I want you to just, I want to, I, I want to hear, I want to see in your, in your delivery, like a simmering anger, but like you're, you're kind of giving me that anger with a, but you're smiling when you do it, you know? That gives him an indication. Or picture, yeah. this is an anger of a brother that uh, feels that his uh, little sister has wronged him by, or because, you know, he thinks she's, you know, your little sister, you know, in your eyes, she's a favorite. And that's your anger. anger. You know, that kind of that situation. Like, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, so there's many ways to guide that. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, to just say, you know, in this scene, you're angry. Just give me angry. Like they, it doesn't work for them. And so adjusting to this is, because they have so much more subtle, subtle, you know, control over what they do. Gotcha. Than in animation, and also they are doing it on the spot, so they have to have those kind of indications. So that was the, that's still the learning curve for me, and it was a big learning curve at the time for sure. You know, um, but also you quickly realize, as with anything in life, it's all, all about human connections, right? So if you're able to say, "Look, uh, my first time," um, and so. <laughs> you know, this, I'm going to try, we're going to try it together. And it was like, can you help me with this? And I want to hear your input and stuff. Can you guide me if you feel like I'm directing you? Well, being just human and being able to just be open about it. You gotcha. know, as opposed to be defensive and shielded and, and uh, because it just, it's your ego speaking up because gotcha. you're not comfortable. Now. So that's kind of how I approached it. Uh, but I got to say, I give that anecdote quite often, but the first, the first day I recorded Sam, first time, Super nice. I mean, he's amazing. And again, Sam Rockwell, you know, it's like just amazing. And and he comes in and says, "Oh, yeah, just finished shooting with yesterday or two days ago with uh, Clint Eastwood." You know, it's great. I'm like, dude, don't say that, man. Clint Eastwood and me now. I can direct you after him. See now you get you get lumped in with Clint Eastwood. There you go. Like you know what I mean. We both directed Sam. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> the pressure immediately went like from zero. To, I'm not zero, but already was high, but then <laughs> through the roof. Huh? Um, how much of this film was you know we talked about three or four years? How much of that was done remotely versus uh, in house? Uh, basically, uh, I think so. Started directing around. May June 2019, and March was the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And then we finished in. Uh, we we locked the film completely. With the DCPs were made in February, end of February or mid February this year. So, so but like, when did uh, you guys get back into the studio in that time? Me, I, I went back to the studio. But it was just me. I mean, it was just a few of us, right? I went back to the studio a year after the start of this, probably March 2021. Man. March or April 2021. So a so, good chunk of that, half or so, was... I mean, for the team, everything was on remote. For the team, everybody was remote. Was, How did that work for you? Just a few of us. 
as far as, I mean, obviously we're doing zoom and things of that nature. We've, yeah, yeah. you know, I animate everything's live we've, since the get go, but there's still that on that scale for a movie like this. Did you find that additionally challenging or it, you kind of got into a flow that just, Hey, we made it work and didn't notice too many, you know? No, it, 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 it's, it's very interesting because I mean, first of all, the studio switched everything to remote in, 10 days maybe and it was like like all week like for so many people it was incredible like it's the uh the power of places like this and 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 and, and really brilliant people and brains you know able to do yeah. this and the, the power of Amer- american organization the masters of this hey yeah uh, <laughs> the uh, necessity huh, breeds necessity but that's exactly right right it was necessity as well and so there was no choice and so you had we had to make it work so i mean the, the the hardest part was well not being able to do what i talked about earlier which was like being with your buddies and being on the floor with everybody and that feeling that's that's why i love you know and so and a lot of us do so that was the most frustrating part you know and not being able to have like a one-on-one super quick hallway conversation say oh by the way you think of this problem and done no you have to set up a meeting it's like it's, it becomes meetings after meetings after meetings. gotcha so, tricky but um and also you know little you know logging in remotely for the artist um trying to do the same footage for the animators and anybody else really was not easy and and you're locked at home and therefore, you know, you also have to deal with your everyday life. I mean, like we all know this, right? So that's the tough part of it. At the same time, you get a glimpse that, you know, you, you could become so much more, you know, bonded because everybody really see your struggles of everyday life and you can share them because you're on screen and you're like, oh, my baby's <laughs> crying. And so people are there for you at the same time, you know, and just there was really those like making sure that everybody would make an effort to actually just be there for each other, you know, gotcha. which is amazing. But that's really not, it's not DreamWorks, right? It's everyone, I think. Um, uh, but I think in terms of process, quite a few things actually improved thanks to COVID. Okay. Um, I could, we set up a whole editorial suite online remote uh, that the company doing this called Evercast uh improved so much that now you can cut remote real time with 20 or 30 people in an editorial suite from around the world no problem wow whereas before you would be at the office of my uh, in the editorial suite physically you know and then if you want to have your composer who's in london well you have to pay him a flight ticket and have him come here you know gotcha so right now it's just log in boom boom done he's there and then we get together you know really fun. um we started using Sync Sketch for animation dailies and for really any any dailies, that, you know, whatsoever. Nice. Where I could just scribble on my iPad or my Cintiq, whatever, which we were not using before. So the, me giving drawers as a director on at the studio would would have been much more. Basically, was not really uh, um, convenient, or we never really had the right system to do it at the studio. Gotcha. Now Sync Sketch is there, and we're always using it. Which I am a. I'm an artist. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a drawer, and so therefore I just express so much by just a simple drawing. As an animator, I love drawovers, getting yeah. that feedback because Amazing. I go, I'm visual. I see, yeah. you know. So when a director exactly. was drawing over some stuff, I'm like, okay, I can see what you're yeah. talking about now. Exactly, yep. that's exactly right. And the last thing was able, being able to easily record our actors together at the same time in the same session, so they oh, okay. really could, they really could 
instead of me recording one actor and just feeding the lines and then another actor and feeding the lines no i could we could get all of them from different places of the country in one session on zoom and they would all be recorded separately therefore they excuse me they could they could play against feed each off other each other overlap exactly feed off each other which nice. you don't do it that easily in the sound studio yeah because oh, you that's have nice. those takes very clean you know yeah yeah very cool no, that's that's neat now um obviously there's pros and cons to everything um i think the studio that you, that dreamworks has is beautiful the the hallway conversations that you talked about are amazing. You know, um, I can also see where people talk about the um, work-life balance and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Can can you see there being more of a hybrid in regards yeah. to the studios where, you know, a couple of days out of the week, they're working remotely and then the other days are at the office or? Totally. I, I, I don't think we figured out quite yet exactly how we're going to do this, uh, but definitely will be some kind of a hybrid version of, of that, you know, because <laughs> the thing is, Management itself has experienced what it feels to be to not have to commute and be with your family. Yeah, and so they're like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so everybody, like, we're all humans, right? And yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be some hybrid version of this. I don't know yet exactly what it is, and and we're still kind of working in. We're not fully back at the studio, by the way. Like, it's uh, probably a third of us here. Like, really? You know? So yeah, yeah. So so it's still in the talks, and I think they're still figuring out how to. How to, how to do it but i don't see i would be very surprised if it's mandatory for everyone to be able to do full time. gotcha that'd be, that'd be very surprised gotcha yeah, yeah. i could see a, a happy balance there somewhere and again totally. that's always depending it upon be. yeah yeah very nice um now we've had guys like you teach at iAnimate. we have uh patrick guciano who's teaching right now at, uh, and i know he worked on the film too yeah of course. um what are you looking for, you know, you've, you've been in the trenches, you've directed now, uh, we teach at a high level here, featuring animation, um, at a high animate. What are you looking for from people who are coming into studios like yours? Who, you know, you're, you've got, we've talked about a diversity in regards to styles and things like that nature. What advice would you give or what are you looking for in regards to that? Um, for me, and it's not just animation, it's in general, I want to see a unique personality, you know, it's, I want to see a voice. I want to see someone who has, I'm not interested in just giving me uh, Disney character designs or Disney stop of animation or just show me what is your personality there, what kind of acting choices you're making that make it feel like, oh, that was interesting, that was inspired, um, you know, or or it's like it's an animation style that's completely different, like, oh my god, I never saw that before, where is that thing? it's harder to do when you're working with rigs that are, that are that are carrying a character design that are very specific and 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 uh, it's not your creation. The character is not your creation. You're right. creating the performance, but not the character itself. Um, so animation is a bit harder than VisDev, for instance, where in VisDev you could you have you know uh, an Ilros who's his own guy, and then you have someone who's a student kind of trying to just emulate what a what a needle was would do. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. So it's like the guy is the original guy and this is the voice I want. And then you have copycats ish, you know. And and again, I'm not saying copycats is a bad thing. It's just we all go through this. But 
and it, to me, it took me a long time to not be, to, 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 to know that I have a style and a voice and a, a style of drawing. You know, it took me a long, long time because, um, and then we all start, we all start by being inspired by others and trying to copy others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think to me, it's the, it's the wrong way of tackling your own path is just, just emulate a Disney style. And I know, again, that's my own personal opinion. And just, I know, I'm sure a Disney recruiter, you know, a Disney artist would be like, oh, of course, you know, <laughs> us, but even better, just come in. Um, for me, I'm more looking to uh, unique qualities of an artist, you know, like, what is it that you want to bring to the table? Just like, show me your inspiration, your, 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 but also your voice and what, you, what is it that you're trying to say, you know? And so in animation, it's the same thing. It's a little, again, a little harder to do, I guess, you know, demo reel. But you can still do it, you know, don't, you know, it, the point is not to just perfectly emulate a, someone else, another artist, or, gotcha. or just do the, the, by the book animation, uh, um, the way it's been taught forever, you know, but like, I, th I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where does it it's, feel it's, like it's someone else could have just done the same exact thing there? Exactly. This, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where's gotcha. your personality in your shots? Yeah. Gotcha. And of course, you want to see acting specifically. Usually, you know, in a demo, you just you, you know lip sync and acting choices for sure. That's usually what what um, what's what what we're looking for because mm -hmm. it's it's a very uh, but a strong sense of posing. I'm very, I'm very picky on that, you know, like an appeal and posing. That's very important for me in animation. Uh, how clear can you be? How can you tell a story or an idea or with as little poses as possible? Or little, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like in a few poses, your character is just expressing everything it needs to express. Gotcha. Be as efficient as you can. I, that, but that's again, that's my test. But sometimes I feel like we're adding too much and, and the point of bad guys was to actually stylize that you know just don't over animate and over often them you can lose that pose that pose that pose yeah that. that's it's right really simple you know <laughs> just express everything with one pose and stay there if you need to if you can stay there you know gotcha. that's funny you know there's like if it's a funny pose people are gonna laugh through this yeah they're gonna enjoy this they're gonna smile through it um that's usually what i'm looking for strong present appeal is important for me you know just just you know having a sense of designing a, a face shape or an attitude that is pleasing to look at, you know, yeah. um, that's important. But, but first, first and foremost, for me, it's like, show me your personality. Gotcha. Okay. A couple more questions here. Cause I realized what time it is. And I'm like, yes, yes. I feel like we're just <laughs> barely scratching the surface. <laughs> I feel like going on and up. This is like halfway of the podcast, totally. but, um, totally. I appreciate your time. Um, so two questions here, one, and maybe again, you can't answer this. Could you see, um, the bad guys too? Is this something that you feel like this is a, an IP that could be that, that DreamWorks would legitimately go, Hey, look, this is did great. Let's make a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It is definitely the kind of movie that that is perfect for a franchise, isn't it? You know, you have an ensemble cast, and, and you kind of, in a way, leave the end it's like open ended. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think they are kind of figure, trying to figure out, you know, what it does. You know, in terms of uh, final box office and then uh, online streaming and all this. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So. 
so yeah, I think it's possible. You know, just uh, just uh, it's, so therefore I'm thinking about. What yeah, yeah. I'm just asking. I used to not be a big fan of sequels, and again, because yeah. they're difficult. But I go sometimes it was just like, but I I changed my tune. I forget when, um, but I go because the characters you you want in an hour and a half that's it's like it's not enough time and these yeah. characters not, not only in the uh voice acting but the way it was uh animated they felt like a crew you know and they felt like that that brotherhood that you said you yeah. earlier you know so i could see that continuing and and where they're at there so that's why i ask yeah no, um, totally. no I, would, I would love to see that definitely nice okay so the last question here is if anybody wanted to um know more about kind of maybe some of your references because you talk about uh certain maybe novels and things of that nature that maybe aren't as uh popular here in the u.s that you kind of gleaned from what would be some good uh, great resources well there's there's a little bit of a you know graphic novels that i grew up with um but the french ones um but if you look at um it's more than of an illustrator but vooch vooch v-o-u-t-c-h Okay. Uh, French illustrator, uh, very much an inspiration. Not, I mean, big, big, big name in, in France, of course, but uh, very much an inspiration for Eric Guillon, who's the designer of all the Illumination movies. Um, super fun. So definitely grew up with that. You know, you would have Christophe Blain, uh, who's done many, many, many. Um, um, same graphic French graphic novels. So B L A I N, that's his last name. You can take any one of his books. It's just pure gold, you know, in the in his I mean at least I know this. Manuel Arsenet, of course, which is another, you know, French French artist. Uh Black Sad is um, one of my inspiration as well. It was one of the comic books that I grew up with. It's a it's a former Disney guy, uh Juanjo Guanido. It's a story of a cat detective. So those are, would be kind of the influences for and Franquin and Uderzo and these guys who are like old school French uh, comic artists, uh, you know the the Asterix and the, you know Gaston Lagaffe and all these these books. Um, I mean, you may not know, but yeah. uh, this is what I grew up with, you know, kind of French Belgium and then going into a bit more of a new wave in France. Um, graphic novels, definitely. Animation, French animation would be. You know, for this movie specifically, you know, Ernest and Celestine, if you haven't seen this. Love this. that movie. Oh, amazing. Love and this is movie. kind of the reference I gave the anime that says, I want to do this. Ah, okay. I can see that big time in the uh, mouth shape. Sure. Totally. Oh, okay. Totally. I can see that big time. Love that movie. Yes. Amazing. The Big Bad Fox. Uh, I'm, not is, I'm not familiar with that one. Same director as Ernest and Celestine. It's like so funny. I mean, the story is just, it's like snippets of, it's like sh sh short stories, but like, uh, Coupled together, so it's a feature film. Oh, awesome! The big bad fox, and the story is that it's that fox who's desperate because he wants to be terrifying, but he's not. <laughs> and so he, he he meets the big bad wolf, who's terrifying. <laughs> and and so every time he wants, to, like the big bad fox, wants to to go into the 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 farm and just and just kill some some of the chickens there, he gets his ass kicked by the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the big bad horse like you're so lame but you know what you should do you should go at night steal some eggs and let them hatch and then you can eat the the the, the chicks baby the chick so he does that but the 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 baby chicks the, the chicks hatch three or four of them and they start thinking that the big bad fox or the fox is their mom 
And so now he's, nice. <laughs> he's getting really attached to those baby chicks and, uh, <laughs> and has in and can't get himself to eat them anymore because nice. like, it's so funny. That's it's great. Really, like so well written. So Benjamin Renner. Uh, so these, these two movies definitely inf- inspired, you know, in terms of look, what, uh, what, uh, what work we did for bad guys, but there's so many more, but that would be the kind of the, the big ones. Uh, right. And then, and then, you know, Lupin, um, Cowboy Bebop, um, you know, Fully Cooly, Sherlock Hound, old school Miyazaki movies, um, um, definitely, you know, and for the design, that would be Dragon Ball. If you haven't seen or read the, the Dragon Ball manga, and I'm not talking about Dragon Ball Z, I'm talking about Dragon Ball, which is the origin, yeah. the origin, first stories really of Goku. Read this, it's amazing, it's okay. so funny, it's also so cute, oh, awesome. so adorable. Awesome. Um, Pierre, I really, like I said, I feel like I just scratched the surface and all of a sudden I look at what time it is and I'm like, I want to ask you some more questions, but um, I want to respect your time. I really, really appreciate this podcast. It was a great interview. I loved picking your brain. Um, You've been a part of iAnimate for some time now and it was really great to get you on this podcast. So thank you very much and congratulations too. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, Noah. Awesome. All right. And with that, we're out.